The charge at Beersheba was arguably one of the world's most extraordinary charges in modern history. Almost the entire Australian light horse was involved, tens of thousands of men on foot and on horseback lining up for a certain death in late 1917 after days on end trekking through the desert, slowly running out of food and water for both man and horse. They knew that if Beersheba was not taken in this charge, they would all die and the Turkish forces would continue to strengthen. Since the iconic charge, many pieces have been written about it, including Michael A. Berryman's poem, The Light Horse Charge at Beersheba, which follows the facts of the charge, and chapter 22 of Pamela Rushby's novel, The Horses Didn't Come Home, which follows the journey of a young soldier and his sister's horse. The works of art are similar in theme and the use of facts alone. While Berryman's purpose was commemorative, to remind people about the charge and ensure it was never erased from history, Rushby intended readers to feel the adrenaline of the soldiers in the charge and have empathy for everything those poor men and horses went through. As I mentioned before, Berryman's poem is written in a super commemorative way, especially with the opening stanza talking about how the charge is a loosely held secret of some 100 years, which it is. Most people don't seem to even know that it happened. The tone Berriman uses at the start is adoring and praising, as though he is telling a story to his grandkids and everyone should be proud of the soldiers that fought so hard for their achievement. This is different to how Rushby assumes that the reader would already know of the charge and what happened, considering how she consistently writes of the soldiers admiring the city from afar while they are waiting. Rushby uses the action of waiting as a motive throughout the entire novel, but she emphasises the soldiers' anticipation and restlessness in the lead-up to the charge. Honestly, I understand. Could you imagine being out in the desert with your best mate for days on end, knowing there was fresh, clean water in just a few miles and thousands of machine guns pointing straight at you? The poem, on the other hand, has no mention of waiting apart from starting their trek towards the city at a walk. By Berriman having little mention of the waiting, it makes the charge very fast-paced and a lot more in line with what people expect a charge to be. After all, you don't really charge at a walk, you charge at a full-blown gallop. While both these pieces are heavily fact-based, the facts vary somewhat when it comes to things such as how far away the charge started. While Rushby says the soldiers were less than three miles from the town, Berriman believed the charge happened from as far away as some four miles of ground. Both pieces also mention in English, or as Berriman specified, Essex, plane dropping a bomb on Beersheba to try weaken the defence when the light horse picked up a canter and really began to charge. Both pieces having slightly different facts changes the perception of the charge to suit the purpose of the writing, with Berriman's slightly longer distance working in his favour to add tension in limited space, and Rushby's shorter distance helping to add anticipation from the soldiers knowing the town was right there. In the excerpt written by Rushby, she has a lot more words that she can work with, and therefore she could use most of the chapter cr to create tension and have it explode out of her characters in the charge as they sweep on towards the town and charge right over the trenches, leaping clear above. The poem by Berriman isn't as long, so cannot create the tension, but he does manage to do it in just as intensely by frequently referring back to the Turkish artillery and the light horse bayonets. Both authors touch on the Turkish defence being slow to open fire against the light horse, with Bushby imagining they were holding their fire until the soldiers dismounted. But they didn't. History books may have painted the Turkish forces as ruthless and lacking empathy, which many people believe they still are, but this phrase helps to debunk that myth. They were trying to spare the lives of the horses, only to realise too late that wasn't an option. Since Rushby has written her novel from the perspective of a young soldier, it invokes a lot of adrenaline and emotion from those who are reading the scene. 
You can feel the fear mixed with excitement that the soldiers would have felt due to the short, choppy sentences building up to the start of the charge. The waiting had finally finished. They were finally doing something, even in that something appeared to be charging like madmen towards their certain death. As she wrote, There was no stopping their wild race. Ahead of them was water. Berriman contrarily captures the excitement in his own way, mentioning the thousand dry cries from the light horse as they jumped the first trenches. In Rushby's excerpt, the fire began one and a half miles out from the trenches, while in Berriman's poem, the firing began in half the two miles. Both the authors say that most bullets flew straight over the soldiers, although some did make their targets, with the poem declaring some fifty-odd horsemen slept the sleep of the dead and the novel claiming the lives of 31 soldiers and about 70 horses, alongside 36 soldiers and countless horses wounded. A person that hasn't been raised around horses will most likely not care about how many horses died, which is why Berriman didn't mention it. Since the horses are such a key theme throughout Rushby's novel, it would not make sense if she didn't estimate the number of horses that died. Despite both works being very similar in their use of facts and evidence about the charge throughout the piece, their facts vary slightly, and so does the tone of the pieces, while Rushby attacks the topic in an emotional way, intending to make the readers understand the fear and impatience and have empathy for not only the soldiers, but also the horses involved, Berriman goes about it in a very traditional way and sticks to the facts more often than exploring the emotion to commemorate and honour the event. He also does this to avoid potential backlash from other poets and historians by challenging the facts or engaging in revisionist considerations.